0: Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy in 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spickard. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs eleven ten kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. Hello, David. Hello, Rob. How are we doing today?
1: I'm still good.
0: <laughs> you gotta. We gotta expand. I'm gonna. I gotta like yeah. buy you a. With- did I not buy you that thesaurus for, I, for
1: Christmas? I need a thesaurus. <laughs> I have just my vocabulary has just basic words that I go to often. <laughs> I'm part, I'm, part I'm of on with sorry. four elementary school age kids
0: yeah. like that I'm just preconditioned to push back on I'm good or how's your day? Good, you're right? I was like so I just I have a lot of natural follow-up questions to get to the root of how their day really was when you're talking to a second grader.
1: Part of my challenge is just Being able to enunciate complicated words.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know if this is the venue for that, uh, but I hope you're ready to, to talk good, make words good. Yes.
1: Well, and this topic is deep, has kind of a next level element to it. So the words we use are really important as we talk through these.
0: So what you're telling me is you're saving, you're saving the the good stuff for, for once right. we get past this, the fluff of the intro. Yeah. That's right. I'm all jokes aside, really excited about this one, building off of this series that we're on of goals that make you whole, really leaning in uh, on this journey to talk about goal setting after talking about our why, importance of having a personal mission statement. And then even what does it look like to kind of provide a framework around setting goals in general? As business leaders, but then taking it, you tee this up a little bit in our, our last episode around not just setting goals, but goals, having just goals, right? You've written a book called The Just Leader uh, that's coming out here very soon. The countdown is on. I'm very excited about that next month. But to me, this is this is this triple Venn diagram that really sets these conversations, this podcast, your book, our work apart from, you know, classic leadership development or even. Leadership development from a lens of faith, because it's this third component around engaging culture, right? Or as our theory of change as an organization, even thriving leaders, thriving companies, thriving communities, all really tackling and addressing all three and making sure all three are on our radar as leaders, you know, faith, leadership, and culture, not just picking two of those but really the importance of all three together, which leads us to this conversation, right? You don't just stop with the importance of setting goals and some best practices around goals in general, but you take it to this, honestly, a lot more complicated of a conversation that are, it's a lot more rare to have, which is what do you do around goals that engage culture and lead to thriving communities? So David, without further ado, let's just dive in, shall we? And hopefully. We'll just see where the conversation takes us.
1: Yeah, because this is where the rubber meets the road. Yep. And this is, you know, this is our why mm. as a, as an organization. And the reason why it's our why, we've talked about it numerous times, is it's a pathway to everyone thriving, everyone winning, including ourselves. Mm. And so this extra element of understanding how these goals can be just is not extra. It's not, we have just goals over here and normal goals over here. And we want to bake this into everything that we do. And so this episode and what we're talking about is how we can make sure that our goals are just. And there's a lot we can say, but one of the ways we, we can approach this is look at the qualities we have put together around what it means to be both a just leader and a just company. And those qualities can serve as a grid for us as we're evaluating our goals to determine whether they're just or not. And that list is a long list. So and and I we don't have time to go through all of the qualities, but I want to mention a few of them as examples to give a sense of how we might look at our goals through the lens of these qualities. So, quality number one is the purpose of our business is to elevate people's lives and be a blessing in the cities where they operate. So, in order to be a just company, we're thinking about how we're elevating people's lives and how we're a blessing in the cities where we operate. So, are our goals leading us to that outcome? Another quality we value and care for all of our stakeholders people's lives are improved in the interactions with the company. This is similar to the one I just mentioned, but it's a little bit more intentional around looking at all of our stakeholders and seeing how the things that we're doing value and care for them. Again, do our goals lead us to that outcome? Third quality, we take tangible steps to know the story of the community or the communities in which we do business. And we make sure that our outcomes are, again, allowing those communities to flourish. Do our goals connect to place? And do they have us engage with the people around us in such a way that our cities are improved as a result of our work? So those are general big idea qualities. There are numerous ones that we have on this list. Some get a little bit more practical to give us a sense of how we're being just. Those may seem to be theoretical or too general to understand how our goals begin to fit into that framework. But the more we ask these questions and make sure that we're outward focused in the way that we think about our why and therefore what we're doing to achieve targets to make sure that we're having the impact that we want to have, the more our goals can be just. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Like you referenced, I mean, this is a long list and it's not, not even meant to be exhaustive, I think ever evolving, but I I love the, the ones you chose to highlight there. So walk me through the balance. It feels like maybe even a a tension point to name here of just goals being a concept that is internal to a company versus external. So internal, i.e., I want to be just by, you know, fair treatment of my employees. I want to make sure I'm paying them generously and fairly competitively, versus thinking about this externally as maybe only in terms of community engagement, volunteering, what are we doing as a company to give give back, you know, our favorite term, give back. So can you just walk through the comparison when we think about just goals? Is it internal? Is it external? A little bit of both.
1: Well, you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> well, it's both. And, you know, most leaders think about community engagement as the way to be just. So it's more external. They'll create committees, which are good, that think about ways in which the teams of people at the company are volunteering in the community, the way they're providing services that might meet a need. And, you know, a lot of companies are doing this too to build morale among their employees. And all that is good, but it's limited. It's a limited perspective of how you think about what it means to be just. This is holistic and it's both and. So it's internal and external, but it's also not just about what we do. It's about who we are and how we even set up our entire business. And this is world class. Like this is a the things that we're talking about are re- requiring an extra measure of leadership where people really have to step up their game and be outstanding leaders in order to take all of these things into consideration both the flourishing of their employees and how you invest in them. But also you're looking at your business practices to make sure they're just and fair. You're looking at your industry to see where there's brokenness within your industry that you may want to address and fix. You may be looking at what customers you work with and those you don't based on what they value and or how they pursue their business and whether it's just or not. You're looking at your operations to make sure that you're being fair and that you are treating people well with the efficiency of, you know, if you're trying to be too efficient at the expense of people or, you know, doing something that is uh, really costly that keeps people from being able to flourish. You're looking at your policies around benefits and things like that. I mean, it's everything. Along with the external of how we're then engaging with people outside of our company and being a blessing to the cities in which we operate. So, this is why we have these groups, just leadership mm-hmm. groups, because you have to wrestle with these issues with fellow leaders who want to wrestle with these things themselves in their context, because you need excellent people pushing one another. To lead in these contexts in a way that's going to allow everyone to thrive,
0: yeah, this builds so naturally on our last conversation around goal setting. and you talk about world class, this will set you apart real fast, and you know even some of our listeners may have might be a tough hang even in this conversation of man, David, feels like I'm playing the role you used to play when i'm'm I'm the roles are reversed of but David, <laughs> but David. I'm exhausted even hearing you talk about all of those things. Where am I going to have the time to do that? And I think you already landed there with the importance of this is not a solo journey. There is not clear-cut answers to many of these things. The goal is oftentimes just in the wrestling, like the the, the it's the about the journey versus you know, an equation or a puzzle to solve and achieve that then you just kind of spend the the rest of your leadership journey just coasting there. And so in many ways, you're talking about the Christian journey, right? I mean, this is this is a, a lifelong path for us of wrestling in, in a broken world with how to usher in God's kingdom of, of peace and justice. And so we're going to really need to work these muscles. This is not something that even though it's hard, doesn't mean we can ignore it. Because I, honestly, the thriving of our communities and our own thriving is at stake here.
1: Well, we make time for things that are important. So when we see that this is going to give us life and give others life and allows us to fulfill the purpose for why we even do what we do, why we even built the companies that we've built, then we'll make time for it. And it's deep and requires us to look at ourselves first before we even think about our company. But this is where true life and thriving happens. Yeah, it's
0: been I mean, back to the name of this series, right? It's goal, we call it goals that make you whole. You know, we didn't say that they're gonna be easy goals, but mm-hmm. it's the path to wholeness. And it's incredibly worth it. It could be incredibly challenging, yet incredibly worth it. And I think you and I have tasted enough of that journey to to be able to really endorse that.
1: Absolutely. So we don't come at this from opinion. Of course, we have that, those tastes from our past experience, but this is really following the guidelines and the direction that we, we see in Scripture, and mm. the way God has set this up for us. It's countercultural because it's from Him, and it gives us the pathway for us to understand how this works. Mm.
0: Well, let's get practical, shall we? We did this in the last episode, and I think our listeners will find this incredibly helpful. So we've got a framework that I'm excited for our listeners to hear that we have developed. You know, not not exhaustive by any means, but just got some points to it that hopefully help if you're a leader listening who is really looking to do this and looking to try to rally your team around what does it look like not only to make goals in the macro, but make goals and ensure that you have thought through what some goals that are just. So David, tee up this framework, help unpack it for our listeners, will you?
1: Okay. So I'm going to walk through seven principles that guide us in the development of just goals. The first one is what it, what's motivating us? Our, our, how are we driven to create just goals? And to make sure we're doing this out of a blessing, and this is an honor, and we're doing it with joy. Versus feeling it's a burden, and obligation. So a lot of this simply is just understanding where we're coming from. We get so, to do this versus we, we have to do this? Yes, we get to do this. And it's hmm. exciting. It's hmm. a blessing, an honor, and a joy. That's step one. Step two is focus. Before looking out, we need to look in at ourselves. First, we need to do some self-awareness for each of us individually and the areas in which we can grow around what it means to be just, that we understand this is not just about what we do, but who we are, like I've mentioned before. And then that allows us to look inward with respect to our organization, how we are doing our work, like I mentioned before, all the different elements of it, looking at our industry, how we engage in the normal operations of our day-to-day. If you think about this as an example, should a law firm do a quarterly service day building a Habitat house? Yes, that's great. Mm. But what about that law firm also activating the skills and wisdom of their people to help those in need by carving out time for clients who can't pay? Mm. So I know law firms are really good at that. And that's a good example of how a company is doing both, both internal and external. So it's about looking inward before looking outward. That really leads to this next point, which is posture. And I've already mentioned it from I have to to I get to, but it's it's even further than that, which is we're not having to respond to some cultural moment to create these goals but we're understanding that this is central to who we are and what we want to become and be as a company and create a place where people can come and be all that they're designed to be not because the culture is demanding it of us but because we get to do this so then number 4 is process and that this is the idea of we're being more proactive than reactive So many companies have had to be reactive when it comes to justice issues because of an event that happens or something either in our society or even within their company where they are just reacting to uh, that issue and they haven't really thought through this, planned for it, and had a proactive strategy for how they're going to engage in just issues. So process is is important. It's why we're ha- we even have this framework so that companies can be intentional to think about this ahead of time so that they are proactive. Five is causes. This is, you know, what do we care about? What, are the, what is the brokenness within our community or within our industry, the issues that are relevant to us or what we care about? And how do we go deep with a few versus shallow with many. And that can be a challenge with certainly a larger company. But -hmm. we would encourage a company to think about how to go deep with a few causes and or organizations with which they can have ongoing relationship and partnership. Six is relationship, that this is not us coming in and We have all the resources as a company or the top-down leadership dynamic, and we help you, and it's one way, but that it's mutual transformation and mutual partnership, this sense of I need you, and my life is not complete without you in it. So relationship being critical to how we think about this, both internally, as we build a, a deep. Connected community amongst our people, and then how that then translates into those with whom we work and engage outside of our company. And finally, number seven is ownership. It's this idea that this is all owned by our team, that we've created a mechanism for inviting our team into the process. And by doing that as leaders, we give power away and help them really take this and run with it so that ultimately they can experience this, this fullness and life that's, that's in store for them. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful list. And even that last one, I think really is an exclamation point on it. This theme of ownership, it comes up so often in these conversations we've had. I mean, it popped up even recently in our our last episode around setting goals as a company and there's a lot of overlap here in the conversation we had around just philanthropy, you know, this idea of our giving being done in community and from community and and a communal exercise versus an individual one. And so I think we're hitting on a lot of themes that do repeat themselves, but does not make them redundant. So David help for our listeners. Obviously the framework helps tee them up for some conversations, but also having some concrete examples of, just goals that you've seen working with business leaders or companies who've really modeled living out this framework well?
1: Yeah. So we had the opportunity to come alongside a company whose board asked them to update their DEI plan. And that task was given to the CEO. And the CEO was sort of in a place of not knowing exactly the way to do that. He was in a position as the only one to own that task, and he knew he needed to figure out how to make this something that was going to be effective within his company. So he asked us to come alongside of him as he thought about the integration of this DEI plan. And we just we saw him really model what this looks like as we worked with him to identify a team within his company to walk through a process, of making sure that a, any DEI plan was going to be integrated within their strategic plan, that it was not something that was going to be extra, and that it was also not something that was going to be top down from the CEO down to other leaders or even the employees of the organization. So, by having this group identified of leaders and others in the company who could be sort of a task force to walk through with this, was essential. The CEO was a part of that group, but he was not leading that group. He was present and showed that this was extremely important and that there was a buy-in at the top. You have to have buy-in for this at the top in order for it to work. But he was just at the table, giving away power, being a part of the team. And as a result, we put together a plan that is deeply integrated within their strategic plan. And this company is a national company with ha- which has offices across uh, the country in different cities. And the plan is not only applicable and specific across the entire company so that they can implement principles everywhere, but it also took into consideration the context of each city. And for each group in each city to understand how they can tailor the goals and the plan for their particular city and context, and to even activate their work around that. So it's not something extra that they do outside of their work, but they're just incredibly thoughtful about the community partnerships that they can engage in that leverage what they do really well to have an impact in each of the cities in which they operate.
0: Yeah, that was a really that was a really neat journey that we went on with that specific company. I think it's a great example of really how this this starts, even with just one leader setting the tone and then inviting others in because it doesn't stay with that one leader and the impact that can have even across a large scale. I even think about a, a local company we work with that is you know really being intentional around goal setting in this season right now. And as they cast a vision for the future, putting a vision out there to their team of you know, inhabiting an office space specifically so they could practice this, this concept of gleaning like we've talked about and be able to use some of that space and make it available for, for entrepreneurs who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford office space and really help people build businesses that could help you know, break cycles of poverty, build wealth, and maybe even open up opportunities for immigrants and refugees who are, are new to our country who want to, to start something but really need uh, a community. An ecosystem around them to incubate those ideas and bring them to life and so there's so many different ways you can apply this right i mean from from a full-on dei plan that's integrated into your strategy to thinking about office space differently right i mean this just hits in so many different levels so david this has been quite the journey even in this conversation that shows just all the the moving parts that come to creating just goals not a quick fix approach by any stretch of the imagination, but as you think about synthesizing a bottom line down to maybe a single takeaway, that might be, this might be the episode where it is perhaps the most challenging ever in the history of of our podcast journey. Can you think of some advice for our listeners that you'd like to, to leave them with for thinking about just goals?
1: Well, for today's bottom line, it's really good to go back to this idea that being just is who we are, versus what we do. Mm. And that this flows out of that, as we understand God's heart for justice, how he is a God who is just, and therefore he can make us men and women of justice. And the who we are part is already secure. There's nothing that we have to do to achieve being just. There's nothing really that we have to do to achieve, even within our companies, that necessarily make us more just than not, because that's already secure because of what God has done for us. Therefore, pursuing this comes out of that, and we don't have to be buried under the weight of the burden of this. But we can live in freedom, and it's a blessing, and we can be generous and do this with joy, not out of obligation, not because we're reacting to things, but because we are pursuing this intentionally, because we know this is the pathway to life. And that's exciting. Mm.
0: I, love, yeah, I love this idea of justice is our identity because it's God's identity, but it's not a performance-based identity.
1: That's right.
0: Or it is, but it's not about our performance. it's about Jesus's performance, right and then really what he has already secured for us. So we move from that place of security in a pursuit of justice with real true freedom and from a place of really deep rest, like we've talked about, right, and acceptance. So David, thank you for going on this journey with me. Thank you for modeling these things for me, and I'm excited to continue this journey as we as we shift and continue in this series around pursuing wholeness. Yes, you too, Rob. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, friend. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals, one, one, then spelled out T-E-N, leadership.com. That's one, one, leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.